Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast, the podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you, we just all have different experiences to share. And since Jason's not here this week, maybe we'll be able to help you have a little more fun at your game. Because the only way to win a role-playing game is is to to have have fun. fun. Uh, I'm Ryan, I'm the curmudgeon. fun. There you go. (laughs) Oh, there's a little lag here. (laughs) I'm Ryan, I'm the curmudgeon, and joining me as always is Carrie the Legend. Hi. And uh and Rob is who is, I don't know, what should we call you, Rob, the replacement. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, what should <laughs> everybody's gotta have a cool, you've gotta have a na- a thing. What should we call you? Uh no, I f- yeah, the replacement's good. I'm I'm fine with that. I feel the replacement I makes feel you, comfortable. It kind of makes you sound like a like a 90s action film, like The Replacement. Or a 50s bebop band. Oh, there you go. You could have either one. <laughs> Just whatever you're feeling. Yeah, I'm comfortable with it. I'm comfortable with it. Right. <laughs> awesome. Well, Jason, as, as most folks who listen to us know, Jason is out doing his work. He's on, they call it an outage, but... It's more of an inage. Humorously enough, when Jason is on an outage, it actually means he's working. Because the outage refers to the fact that the the reactor is off, it, you know, so it's a power outage. But that means that he goes in and builds stuff in the nuclear reactor for people to work on the nuclear reactor. Yes, indeed. <sighs> so anyway, um, but tonight instead of Jason, we're joined by Rob, and uh, we'll take a second real quick here and just let f- folks know who Rob is. So this is Rob Alderman, and he is the senior partner of the Alderman Group, which is a, a local marketing. Agency. He is also a very longtime friend of of the show, and uh, you know, Rob and I used to host a radio show, a TV show, and a podcast at various times. Uh, we about, did, yeah, we did. In in a way, Jason was my replacement. <laughs> We've come full circle. <laughs> uh, but Rob is, uh, um, you know, he's he's the kind of guy that towns get renamed for. Okay. That's true. That's actual. <laughs> so let's ask him the questions because that this is important. All right. So Rob, what was the very first role playing game you ever played? Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Fair. Do Good. you know what what edition it was? Was it advanced? <laughs> it, it was whatever edition Chris Pastelnik had in his garage. <laughs> All right. So, Chris, you need to let us know what edition that was. I I, I can tell you this. I have recently been in a renaissance of role-play games and have been playing the new one where most of your dice are rolled with a die die 20. Yeah, the fifth fifth edition. Yeah, it was definitely not that. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have Thacko? Uh, I don't know what Thacko is. Oh, Thack, Thack order up hot fries. <laughs> Thacko was the uh, the two conf- hit armor class zero. Yeah, it was the confusing oh. math thing where sometimes your d twenty had to roll high and sometimes you wanted it to low roll. 
Low roll, 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 low. I can't tell. Yeah, you know, here's what I remember. I I do think it probably was that because I remember that the math was always very confusing and I was bad at math anyway. Right. Right. And so you always go, am I rolling high or low? That's just what you would ask, high or low. Right, right. You're a very popular man, Rob. (laughs) You know, I'm doing everything. I don't know if that's coming through on the podcast. It is. We can hear it. There's, there's a every time okay. Rob gets a text message, it goes ding. ding. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. Hold on. <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm tr- I'm going to learn. I'm I'm googling how to turn off my t- text message. I just imagine Rob texting everyone. Uh, don't text me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I fixed it literally this way. I've I've turned off all notifications. Well, damn it! <laughs> Another one came through. It's Maybe like, I need here's a notification it. that we've turned Hold off on. your notification. <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry. Right. All right. So uh, so that was the the first game you played was Dungeons and Dragons. We think it was probably advanced D and D is what it sounds like. Uh, what's your what's your favorite of all time? Oh, um, of all time, um, would be chill. Yeah. The the kind of horror, horror based, uh, game that is like, um, it's sort of like part call it sort of like part Bram Stoker's Dracula and then like kind of stranger things. (laughs) <laughs> and and what are you currently playing? I know you're playing at least three systems. So you're playing fifth yeah. fifth edition D&D. You said that, but what else mm-hmm. are you playing? I'm playing fifth edition D&D, uh, kids on bikes. Yep. I pick up a mass game here or there when I can, some one-off mass uh, campaigns. And then I am running uh, a system called Heroes of the Guild, for my kids, uh, which is a, an absolutely fantastic system um, created by some guys that you and I and my wife met at Lexicon last year. And it's designed to sort of be like D&D light. It uses <laughs> just one six-sided dice to do everything. And it's a great way to teach your kids like a good mixture of this is how we all tell a story as a group. And also, you know, make some roles that matter, but it, it leaves a lot of leeway, which I like. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. We, we're really enjoying, you know, the Kids on Bikes game for the folks listening. Uh, Carrie and I are playing in the, that Kids on Bikes game as well. It's being run by, by our friend Ashley Rayburn, and it's super fun. I'll tell you what. I could have not actually played the game and just kept creating the town we were in all night. And spoiler alert... The yeah. Guy, a nerd. Me too. Yeah. The spoiler alert here, though, is the guys who wrote Kids on Bikes uh, have since wrote Teens in Space, and now there's three <laughs> of them working together, and they are about to come out with a game called Kids on Brooms. I'm so excited. And what's super cool about it is they're actually joining us next week on the show, so we'll get to talk to them about it too. Oh well, that's fantastic. I hope they listen to the. If they listen to this, I want them to know. Uh, that I think Kids on Bikes is the very best 
of the new school games. I've tried to, you know, because of you, you two, I dip my toe into the RPG arena now and again. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and I've been trying for years, as you know, I've tried a little bit of LARP. I've actually tried a little bit of mush. I've tried these things and nothing really connected with me until uh, masks and I felt like I felt like masks was incredible. And then I played kids on bikes and it was like a whole new level uh, of, of that. I think in the kind of the new breed of role play game, it's my it's probably my very favorite. Yeah, it's so good. Yes. So good for, for the reason Carrie said, yeah. because you could you could spend an entire session uh, getting to know the characters and creating the world before you've even played. And it's it's delightful. Wonderful. Well, let's uh, let's hit our, our Patreon update. Oh, no, and then... let's not hit them. We like them. Okay. okay. All right. So for we have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash podcast, And for just a few dollars or whatever you'd like to do to help keep the show on the air, you can get free stuff. Like you can get postcards, art prints, books, or you can even get shout outs on the air. And so we're going to take a second to do a shout out to our our patrons on Patreon, and that's super cool. So who do we got? All right, we've got Cameron, who's oh. my favorite. Well, he's your favorite now again? He's always my favorite. Oh, okay. Okay. Who else you got? Uh, we've got Joe Hines with Lost Colonies. Right. We have Ryan Galliato with the Byways LARP. Awesome. Um, we've got Ryan, Mar- Ryan Martin, who has thankfully started posting food pictures again. Oh, good. I feel better. I was worried he wasn't eating. I know. Yeah. We were worried about that. <laughs> uh, we've got Drew Stevens. Right. Uh, uh, sorry, I, I'm also not good at reading. Um, we've got Salim uh, Halibi. Halabi. Halabi. Oh, I was so close. It's like Hughes was possessing me for a second. <laughs> <sighs> uh, we've got uh, Josh Heath with the Werewolf the Podcast. Sure. Which is an okay podcast. Okay. It's okay. Uh, we've got, uh, Joel Eastland. Right. Who's pretty all right as well. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah, he's all right. What about Noah Coltrip? I'm glad you asked. This week, Noah is in Lexington, Lexington, Virginia, visiting, uh, Little Sorrel. A lot of people don't know this, but even though Stonewall Jackson's arm happens to be buried somewhere else other than his body, uh, Lexington is where his horse is, but it's not buried. He's been skinned and stuffed. What? That's right. Little Sorrel, Jackson's faithful steed throughout the entire Civil War, has become a legend in his own right. Uh, he went to the big farm in the sky, which was also a taxidermist's place. They <laughs> sewed this guy up, stitched him together, and they stuffed his hide so that he looked like a real-life living Little Sorrel. Oh. Those, re- those uh, you know, beautiful skinned dead horse remains on display Stop. at the VMI Museum in Lexington. Uh, but his bones at least did get buried uh, there on the school's parade ground in front of a statue of Stonewall Jackson. I hope while he's there that Noah can see both. <sighs> <laughs> he goes to all the best places. People are so weird. And I'm not, I don't even mean Noah for looking at these things. I mean, like, who goes, you know what? To honor this this man's horse. <laughs> It kind of makes you want yeah. to start researching, like, did he really, really like that horse? Mm-hmm. Makes your skin crawl. Oh, I think it was probably expensive to stuff an entire horse. Right? You'd think. 
well, and I, I don't think, think you would stop half don't do a horse. That unless there's a certain level of attachment, right? Unlike his arm, which was not attached. <laughs> oh, no. I can tell you, it cost me quite a bit of money to to stuff my grandmother stop. after she passed away. Um, you know, and but it was worth it after Noah came to visit. <laughs> oh. Is that all we have to do to get Noah to come visit us? Stuff our grandma. Stuff someone? No. <laughs> awesome. No. All right. Well, let's. Uh, oh, wait, let's... No, we're not. We've got the what? final. Oh, there's. A, oh, there's more. There's always the final. Oh. Well, who else do we have on our patrons? Our 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 biggest patron. Oh. Our our bestest patron. Oh. We are all right well if you'd like to become a patron of the show and maybe even get a uh, shout out you can go to patreon.com slash podcast and uh that's where you can help keep the show on the air and uh, our equipment paid for and yes. all that stuff so great all right well when last we left our intrepid adventurers we were sitting right here at this table uh but you know things are different now because jason's not here and rob's here instead uh, but anyway, so we always, this is the time, Rob, when we just say, Hey, what have you been doing? That's interesting. This past week, you got anything interesting you've been doing? Doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be game related. When, when do I get to say roll for initiative? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not not you're yet. Just, you're just chomping at the bit there. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I always thought it was like, I thought your podcast was like, this is a role play game where people have fun. Roll for initiative, like at the very beginning. It does, but it's all pre recorded now as part of the awesome music intro that uh, Wes from oh, Wes okay, from the Alderman okay. Group wrote for us. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, this week, yeah, sure. I, I'll try to answer in a like a a role play game thing because you know people that listen to your podcast aren't in aren't invested in me. Um, like they are in you, so they don't really care what I did this week. But they don't really I care what we share. did. Either. Yeah, no, yeah, they don't care either. Yeah, I, I'll share that. Um, so, um, in Dragons campaign, um, we are very new characters. We're like level two, which is basically like a toddler could kill us, right, or whatever. And so, um, this uh, my character runs a series of magical pawn shops and uh and so this week my uh the our dungeon master we found out that he has also been running a different group we play with him on friday nights but he has been running a different group on wednesday nights <laughs> and so our characters our characters run these shady um these shady pawn shops all throughout the realm where we take magical items and hide them on people's property then we lure goblins onto those properties so the people will pay us to remove them and then we sell adventures adventurers to come remove goblins <laughs> does that make sense yeah there you go and what we found out this week was that He's been using us as the villains in the other campaign. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so that felt good. If that, I mean, if that makes sense, it felt like a a, a triumph of role play. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's very meta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like 
like we create the problem that we get paid to solve. And then, uh, you know, we keep selling the same magical items over and over. And that to think that there's a group of real people in the world that are so angry at us for doing it. <laughs> at some point, you know, for the last final battle, like your game's going to have to all come together. I hope. I really hope that <laughs> yeah. that's, I hope that's the truth. Ryan, what have you been doing this week? <laughs> well, I, you know, as has been the same case for like six weeks now, I've been working my butt off, uh, working, you know, about 50 hours every week because of the COVID-19 um, but, uh, you know, we started the kids on bikes game this past week. That's cool. We've got a D and D game tomorrow, I believe. Um, and, uh, have been doing, actually had some really cool progress on the gun belt. Ashley and I had a meeting earlier this week where we, we sort of, uh, sorted out how to, how to, you know, do like a collaborative storytelling, you know, session zero with players to create like the little wild west town, that they're going to be riding. You know, I don't get any. I don't get any credit. No, nope. for calling you for calling you and saying we should do that. No, no, because they've been talking about it for months <laughs> before that. Well, but here's the thing. I, I will say I, we had been talking about it for to a long be time. Fair, they've been talking about the game for years before that. <laughs> yeah, but to, uh, but but in in fairness to Rob though, like I had never really seen it work mm. until the kids on bikes game. Because the, you know, I, I've, I had heard about it and I've read instructions, you know, in some books and things, but I've never actually gotten to be a part of it and right. seen it work. And so the Kids on Bikes was kind of an eye opener. And so, um, yeah, so it was very cool. So, yeah, I'm excited to see, obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super excited about the gun belt and everything. And I'm really excited to see what you two came up with about, you know, about how how that's going to work in the, you know, in that world, that's going to be great. Yeah. And the other big thing is we released a, a play test packet for people if they want to see what the gun belt is like. And, uh, and I can, I'll share that on, on the, on a roll page, I guess, since Yay. we're talking about it. So yeah, I think we can. Yeah. What about you, Carrie? What have you been up to? Um, I've gotten old. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like today is your birthday. I know. Like while we are recording right now. They say it's your birthday. Happy birthday to you. And we get sued. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, today's my birthday. So um, all week on my Twitch stream, we've been having a birthday week celebration. Amazing. Yeah. Well, happy 38th birthday. Oh, you're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we, um, I've, I've, gotten a lot of art done i i finished up two commissions this week and um on my twitch channel oh there was a ding somewhere i don't know whose it was but i heard it oh. um and on my twitch channel i um i had i actually had a hype train which is really hard to get done on a twitch channel cool. thing you know so is that yeah. just because like lots of people gave bits and subscriptions um, and stuff it has to do with the amount given in the in a certain amount of time okay like if it and then it starts like piling up and you get free emotes and awesome you know, yay crazy stuff <laughs> cool all right well uh i guess let's uh let's go ahead and go to combat rounds rob do you want to do you want to say it we'll just let you say it here roll for initiative <laughs>
Alright, we're back. We didn't actually go anywhere, but we no. like to say that we're back. <laughs> I like to go somewhere in my mind. Yeah. So today, we are going to be talking about a hot topic. Oh, it's so hot. And it is not a store that you shop at at the mall. <laughs> Aww. Yeah. I'm going to take my hoodie off. <laughs> I want to say that it was adorable how much Carrie giggled at your joke. <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm, you were like, it's not a store we shop at at the mall. And she was like, Ryan, you're so funny. <laughs> Someone's got to. Listen, it's Look, not his my mom's fault. Paying you know me. what? We used to be on a podcast together, Carrie. Mm-hmm. And you can make that face all you want, but I'm telling everybody you love your husband. <laughs> I, I I should hope so. Gross. Gross. <laughs> All right, so this week, the uh, Twitterverse and the gaming-verse was up in a firestorm because somebody said orcs are racist. So uh, we're going to... So what are they racist against? (laughs) What do orcs hate? No, they said... Oh, wait, what? Wait, orcs hate everything. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, But no... racist if you hate everything. Yeah, so... uh, But uh, a guy named Quinn... Uh, Quinn WW is what he goes by on, on Twitter. Uh, and he basically gave the hot take. He said, uh, I am in genuine awe that this shit came out for this edition of D and D. Holy shit. Uh, and, and he was kind enough to do this without any punctuation, which is always helpful. Yeah. Uh, but he's a poet. Yeah. Poet of his time. Uh, but um, he basically then shared a picture of a description about role-playing orcs that is found in a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons book. Uh, and so I'm going to read that real quick because the, you know, hearing about this stuff, hearing this is important to be able to have the conversation. Yeah. Uh, so this is from uh, Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition role-playing an orc. Most orcs have been indoctrinated into a life of destruction and slaughter, but unlike creatures who by their very nature are evil, like gnolls, it's possible that an orc, if raised outside its culture, could develop a limited capacity for empathy, love, and compassion. No matter how domesticated an orc might seem, its bloodlust flows just beneath the surface. With its instinctive love of battle and its desire to prove its strength, an orc trying to live within the confines of civilization is faced with a difficult task. Uh, and so, essentially, what he... what Quinn WW was was driving at is that uh, orcs are based on uh, the on some some descriptions from Tolkien, where mm-hmm. Tolkien kind of implied that they were Mongolian barbarians, and uh, that you know this was sort of saying that orcs were Mongolian barbarians, and Mongolian barbarians are monsters, and and need to be domesticated like dogs and stuff like that. So he, he draws quite a bit of, of nuance from that. And the Twitter verse exploded. Um, it, it trended, you know, the topic trended on Twitter for, for a day and a half, which is quite a yeah, long it's time long for Twitter. Uh, and it's like, it's like forever in Twitter world. Yeah. It did spawn one of my, one of my favorite, uh, whether you agree or disagree with Quinn WW, it did spawn a hashtag that made me laugh. It was hashtag not all orcs. Oh, and I God. thought that was pretty funny. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but basically, this spawned a lot of backlash uh, from a lot of different people. There are a lot of folks who were saying things like, you know, orcs aren't aren't humans; they're a different species. Um, you know, so they're going to have a different nature than humans. Uh, the big the big fireback was that orcs are fictional, um, right. and so you know the the spin it ended up coming across a lot of people attacking Quinn WW saying that he was the racist because he was the <clears throat> one drawing the conclusion that, that they were meant to be Mongols uh, and not, you know, not the other way around. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, someone said, how do you look at orcs and see, and see black people? Uh, how do you equate man eating monsters to black people without a single shred of irony or self-awareness? And then have a have the gall to call everyone else saying that it's just D and D and it's just a game racist. Um, so there was quite a bit of quite a bit of of pushback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then and then the 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 couple of famous people who jumped on board. I say famous. They're just kind of like Dungeons and Dragons kind of personalities. People who host podcasts and things like that that think they're important. <laughs> they're the most important yeah. people. Uh, they, they they all kind of came out being social justice warriors uh, trying to side with, with Quinn WW. Uh, but then they started getting attacked because they all happen to also be white people. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and uh, uh, yeah. So it, it really escalated and got pretty... Pretty crazy, pretty gross, pretty fast. Um, you know, somebody, uh, another one, somebody said, as a person of color speaking out against white people claiming orcs represent me, I am deeply troubled by the erasure of calling me just an anime avatar because people started making fun of uh, the avatars that they're, they were using on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is a big, this is kind of a big, a big topic. Uh, but I, I, it's weird because it's either a really, really, really important, serious topic or it's an eye roll. Right. And so I thought maybe we'd try and look at it and see w w what it is. All right. I have a question. Yeah. Because I did not do as much, re as much research on this as, as you did. Um, you just... You know, you read what he posted and then you cited a bunch of people who were like, you're dumb. Besides a couple people who looked like they were jumping on the bandwagon. Did anyone go, you know what? You know, there's something here. Because if every layperson in the world goes, that's dumb. Well... There's a couple of interesting things about this. Yes, a, a lot of people agreed with him. Okay. All right. Uh, but one of the interest—we well, keep saying it's interesting. It's, it's, very, it's very interesting. interesting. Um, but one of the things that that happens is when you start looking into whether or not the idea of orcs are racist or not, mm -hmm. it actually all ties back to an argument of are Tolkien's orcs racist was right. Tolkien being racist when he created the orcs. And if you fall into the mindset that Tolkien was being racist when he created the orcs, then that means Dungeons the and Dragons foundation. orcs are probably racist and, and problematic. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why we actually have Rob here is because Rob uh, actually does have some scholarly knowledge uh, about <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien and so we thought that uh, since you know, since the only other person we knew that was qualified was Stephen Colbert, and he was not available, 
we figured we, we tried. Would, we would talk with Rob um, and and see. Yeah, you know, every once in a while, you just have to be willing to take second best. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I did my I did my research on the topic. Did uh, follow the hashtag, and I did read. Uh, you know, all the responses, there were a lot of them that were genuinely funny uh, to me. Um, and I don't mean, ha ha, I'm laughing at someone who's trying to be serious. I mean, there was a lot of humor. People were clever. Yeah, yeah, and they really were. And and I will say, um, you know, and, and, and this is, I guess I'm going to say something racial that is not racist. Uh, but you know, black Twitter's on fire, right? Like, like of all the subcultures that live on Twitter, uh, black Twitter is probably my favorite. And, um, I learned something new over the last 48 hours when you told me we would talk about this topic. And that is that, um, black role play Twitter is the best Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and and it was one of these things where uh, it, it did look to me, and and I did not, in in all full disclosure, I did not um, write down every single tweet or or or. Um, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I didn't I didn't like sit down and calculate the amount, but I will say, it did look to me. Uh, that the vast majority of black role play gamers thought that this was much ado about nothing or that it was actually showing the inherent racism in the uh, uh, OP. Right. The original poster. Yeah. I would agree that that is also what I saw just to talk about just numbers. Yeah. And so I don't, I obviously as a, you know, I am a straight white male in America and I, you know, I, I don't pretend to be any different, but I, I'm relatively pragmatic and I, I looked cause I wanted to be ready for the show. And it definitely was overwhelming on that particular hashtag that the people fussing were not black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, and, and there were a lot of people saying like, you know, thank you for coming to save me white Jesus and yeah. <laughs> right. know, stuff like that, right. on, uh, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, to Ryan's point earlier, a lot of the posts were pointing out that it, it takes, um, it only, only a, a privileged white person could go out of their way to make this connection. I'm not saying only a, privileged white person i'm saying a lot of black people were saying that you know right and they were saying like look it, it takes a privileged white person to like take apart a fictional character and then attack other white people with it to try to save me i don't need any saving i'm not an orc right right now quinn uh the original poster he did kind of defend himself a bit uh Humorously enough, uh, the first defense went was a reply to someone whose Twitter handle was the N word spelled with many G's and then a U H at the end instead of an E R. Um, 
But, and he basically, as you do, right. Uh, but Quinn said that, you know, this is about the language used by colonizers to justify colonial violence. Uh, it's the structure and rhetoric of racism. It is not a one-to-one portrayal of a real world race. Uh, what I did was point out parallels in rhetoric and language in describing orcs to language historically used to de- dehumanize people and justify colonial violence. There's a huge difference between that and me saying, I think black people and Latinos are orcs. So he tried to backpedal and explain it a little bit and say, well, guys, I, I wasn't saying that orcs were were black people. I was saying that this is unhealthy problematic language but if that's what he truly meant from the first post it was long lost by the time he started started defending himself well and you know hindsight's 2020 and i I don't i don't know him and i don't even know his history of posts I, i have nothing to base it on other than you saying hey rob you read a lot of tolkien and studied a lot of tolkien um you know, one of my main professors here at the university is a regional Tolkien scholar. Uh, you know, as like, you know, you and I both know him. Like for real. And, and so I did. Yeah. And, and uh, so I did study under him and we've, you know, we've, we've delved into a lot of these things. Um, but I don't claim to know the motivations um, and I think this is where we run into uh, a cultural problem with a tweet like that is when we try to somehow jump into our time machine and take modern day sensibilities and apply them in reverse culturally. Um, and, and to even understand the way that like Tolkien viewed a particular culture um, because uh, you're talking about a world that was steeped in World War One. You're talking about a, a, a world where there was a, um, very real violence um, that was occurring on a global scale, and um, and it, particularly for Tolkien being in England, right? You had very very real enemies, right? Um, and it is, I think, I think it is very. Um, it's easy to throw it's easy to throw rocks at the past and when you're sitting in your safe apartment somewhere in Brooklyn uh, and your biggest deal is that like you haven't been able to go out because of COVID and get your latte (laughs) right right so but now and we do um I'm sorry you go ahead oh well no finish your thought because Okay. Yeah. I, what I was going to say is we do um, forget sometimes in those exchanges that we do process human beings, process their grief, fear, anger, worry, and even hatred through art. And that um, if you look at the meta data the meta narrative of tolkien and his works it is definitely one of a love of humanity and of different races who work together and and are trying to succeed at a common goal right and that doesn't mean there aren't villains um but i think uh you know why don't you explain a little bit you know we said we'd kind of save some of this for the show but 
remember you were making um the correlation between the difference between germans and nazis and right. i think that's very appropriate here yeah so one of the one of the things you know in in this instance uh tolkien may have based orcs off of the stereotype of mongolian barbarians right which is a very specific group of very specific uh angry angry <laughs> angry uh, people in a very specific time period. Yes. And, and it's kind of like, I kind of equate looking at this, like uh, in star Wars, uh, there is no secret that the stormtroopers in star Wars are based off of Nazi, Nazi soldiers. Right. I mean, Nazi stormtroopers. Yeah. Uh, And so, but, but the thing is we don't look at stormtroopers in star Wars and go, Oh, well that's racist uh, against Germans. Because it's not it's not stormtroopers representing Germans. It's stormtroopers representing a specific group of Germans. Not even all. They were not all German. And in a very specific time period under a very specific lens. And I think that that's that's kind of what may be happening here with with Tolkien and orcs. Yeah, it is. And and we know, right, we we don't it's it's interesting or I I don't want to say we don't question it when it comes to Doctor Who, but we rarely say that, you know, in the we we know, right, that in the in the creation of Doctor Who, that the the Daleks were meant to be literal German soldiers, right? They're meant to be Nazis. And you were coming at a time in England when the the biggest, most frightening thing that was coming for you was wasn't a person, but this faceless iron jackboot, right? That was coming to say, you know, um, uh, you know, what's the word they say? Uh, oh, exterminate. You know, literal, like they use, so they use the literal words that the Germans used about the Jews, right? And they say, exterminate, exterminate, exterminate. (laughs) And nobody says, right? And nobody says, what a racist, those Daleks are really racist. Right. All right. On the flip side, I will say this. I, besides Nazis, no one ever defends Nazis. Like there Nazis was a guy are, at a there was on. a guy at a convention I went to once, that and he was that. a Nazi. <laughs> and but but the thing I'm saying though, like, not it's it's almost it's almost not fair to use Nazis as the example here because we all go yes, Nazis are terrible. No one is going to go. Don't be mean to Nazis. <laughs> they're kind of an exception to the like evil example because they're beyond that. Like the concept of what they do is so terrible. That you're just like no, they've kind of evolved beyond the bad guy. Or, yeah, they, and, and yet when we take and yet when we take this very uh, uh, this very same though analogy, we apply it to the Mongolian hordes. The Mongolian hordes weren't like sitting around smelling daisies and being kind of puppies. You know, they were. They, you know, nobody in their time, which was pre-Nazi they were as feared as any Nazi. They were going to come in and rape your women and kill your men and take your children and maybe eat them. And then, you, you know what I'm saying? And this was a... Uh... When we, but we also have to realize that we're looking at it through our time period. Right, but and... we're what we're saying is, is when you look at it through his time period, Tolkien's time periods, the, Mo- the Mongolian hordes were their Nazis. Mm-hmm. 
But we've got to decide whose time period we're looking through, whose glasses we're looking through. Right. Right. And and I personally believe okay. I don't I don't want you to edit out what I'm about to say because I, I'm willing to take any sort of heat on it, but like true racism implies intent. Right. My intent to hate another person. My intent to my intent to hate, right? So you don't have to use the N-word to be a racist. Right. It is not through the use of the there are many, many ways to be a racist if your intent is to hate another person, right? And um, I don't believe that we can look at a modern day D&D book and say that the intent there is to, the intent is to take a fictional character or a fictional race and then uh, use intention to hate on a human being. Right. So I, I, I do agree with you, Carrie. Like, I think it's really important what lens we look I, mm-hmm. and, and what I'm saying is when we look at it through our modern lens, um, I think it's very, very important to remember that like racism implies an intent to hate. And, and I, I just, I, I think for me, it feels like a real stretch here. And also I don't, I don't know that it's wise ever for us to culturally put the truck in reverse and try to go back to world war one and put ourselves in the shoes of somebody who was living at that time and say that the, the way that they were viewing culture is the way that we view culture now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I would also like to say that I personally, I do believe though that there is unintentional racism that happens too. Cause you just said racism implies you know there's hatred with that but there is also unintentional racism that happens and i think that might be more the flavor of what's going on maybe with this yeah i I think i I, think so so let me i want to clarify because i don't i'm not i'm not in conflict with you but Mm -hmm. but i in a way i disagree um and that's why i was trying to be so careful with with my wording I do believe systemic racism does exist. Like we can live, well, you know, we can live in a, in a system that is inherently racist. Like I live in it every day, right? Like as a white person in America, I live in a system that was unfair to minorities, uh, you know, including outright slavery, unfair to women, uh, including not just their not just their right to vote but things that exist even to this day where they you know don't have the same job opportunities or whatever and you can live in inherent in an inherent system i actually don't believe like like i believe that at its at its very core racism is hatred so i don't think you can be accident personally on a personal level you can't be accidentally racist like you can maybe use a phrase that racists used accidentally, right? And be corrected and go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That doesn't make you a racist. Like, because you, because you, because you said something like it's up to us to be um, teachable and correctable and to err on the side of kindness and those things. But I, I, I feel like um, part of the way that we move ourselves out of racism is to, is to focus on the systemic racism, right? That we live in, that we were born into and try to take those systems apart. 
I think maybe something you're trying to trying to get at is this idea that you can do something that is racist by accident or inadvertently or because you don't know better and that does not make you specifically yeah, like an, a racist. That's what I was saying. Well, maybe, unintentional. That's why I was saying maybe Carrie and I were saying the same I think, thing. I think we were, yeah. yeah. You know, like I think about like some of my older relatives we're we're from the rust belt all three of us so. you know so i think about things <laughs> we that my, sure are we sure are i think about things that my older relatives have said right and it, you know and you cringe and you're like you can't say that but when you try to correct them they're like well i didn't mean anything by it you know yeah. and it's like but you still said that you can't say that yeah yeah i i had a very famous incident with that in my own family um, with my father who, um, you know, Carrie, I don't, I don't think I knew you when my father passed away, but I no. did know Ryan and yeah. Ryan, Ryan was there and could tell we're flowing with every person imaginable, uh, you know, every minority imaginable showed up to my dad's funeral. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but when he was growing up in West Virginia, his very best friend, was a uh an older black man who used to like live near the coal river where they lived and would like go around and help people on their arms and and do all that and he went by the name n-word john right yeah and so one day my dad is telling me about his childhood friend N word John. Goodness. And I'm and I, I say to my dad, like, Dad, that's so racist. And he goes, Well, that was his name. Right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that was on his birth certificate. <laughs> but at that's some not point like a thing you can say, right? Yeah. And and here's this very loving man, this very loving man who you know, could never have been more giving to minorities if you tried particularly for a rust belt dad right and um and here he is using that word i'd never heard him call anyone that word ever right. i'd never yeah. i'd never heard that word in my house and here he was using it as a term of endearment for yeah. his childhood friend and i said i said dad like you can't and he said he said well son that's what he called himself when he introduced himself to me, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like the dismantling of that, like that's another layer of culture, right? That my dad lived in that I didn't live in. So I was, I was like now a step removed and then a step removed and a step removed. And it's like, we, we have to continue to dismantle systemic racism, like for that reason. Um, but in in my opinion i don't see inherent racism in the you know if we get back to this firestorm on twitter i personally i don't see racism there i don't i don't even see systemic racism in the fictional race of the of the orc right right now there is uh there is some there is some legitimacy to the idea that Tolkien, you know, did base orcs on 
on Mongols, right? I mean, we're that yeah. that much is accurate. Uh, he's quoted at one point of having actually told his son, who was fighting, uh, you know, who was fighting the Axis as part of the Allies. He actually said, "quote There are orcs on both sides of the war." You know, right? Correct. That. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, and there's another element of this too that I I kind of wanted to talk about when I was doing my research for this. Also, is um, it's not simply this. Um, racial culture that he's dealing with at that time. But also one of the things that makes Tolkien's work unique and also then made them the template for basically all fantasy, right. That we have, you know, at least definitely modern fantasy is also, um, he subscribed to a very strict medieval, uh, theocracy, right. And so you have this cultural thing going on. Sure, for sure, you do. But then you also have this religious thing going on where he kind of, in his writings, subscribed to a very specific food chain, so to speak, of goodness to evil. Okay. And so beginning with God in the Silmarillion, right, in that book, and then down to the so you start with the ultimate goodness, which is God. Then you move into the angels, which are mentioned. Then you move into the high elves, and then you move into the elves, and then you move into the humans, and then you move down into the animals, and then you move down into like the orcs and the goblins, right? Which is in terms of um, he wasn't consciously writing for race he was consciously putting things in order of good and evil. So there was a spectrum of things in his world that started with a human is not as good as a high elf. Well, the, the Cimmerillion, the Cimmerillion works actually started as a him actually building the theocracy of, of that world. And it wasn't really till he got to writing the Lord of the Rings that it became a novel. You know, Correct. It, yeah, it was really, it was really kind of a cultural and, and a theology exercise, right? To say like, like this is how it all begins. This is how it is all created. And so there is definitely this interesting thing. I'm going to use the word interesting, and and I think <laughs> I could be persuaded that it's racism. Okay, I, I'm willing to say it could be. Um, uh, again, not knowing his entire culture there. But this idea that um, race, even fictional race, right, could be tied to a particular place on the hierarchy of goodness or evil. Right. Well, that's a whole other can and, of worms. And so, like. <laughs> that's that's a whole other can of worms because there, there's a whole controversy about like D and D race are the, the concept of D and D races with bonuses. Is that racist? Like if I'm an elf, do I have high, you know, do I get a plus right. whatever to my dexterity or I don't remember what it is. Yeah. Racial. That's right. Like why, right. Why, why can't an orc, why can't an orc be dexterous? Right. Exactly. But I mean, there are people who on a, they, they very strongly believe that that is racist to have right. racial 
bonuses. Yeah, racial modifiers is a a, a mm-hmm. point of contention in modern gaming. You know, is that wise? I know, like for sure, example, yeah. Well, bring when you guys when you guys do that episode, bring me back for a, a reprisal. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll go into that can of worms. Um, uh, there's this there's this saying I love um, that says the exception doesn't disprove the rule. Right? There are of course orcs who are kind. There are, of course, you know, orcs who are dexterous and there are elves that are clumsy, right? But but are we looking at a situation where the um, where we're trying to have the exception disprove the rule or not? You know, and, and I don't know how to, you know, again, I, I'm a straight white male, so somebody could say, well, like, it's easy for you to talk about because, like, you've had all these privileges in your life. And I would say, yeah, absolutely. Right. right. Like I, I'm not, I'm not denying it. I'm, I'm genuinely trying to be part of the solution. Right. I don't ever look at somebody and tell them this is what you have to be because you are a certain race or a certain gender or, or whatever. Yeah. I think this is probably a good spot to point out. Like one of your projects with the Augerman group is, is going into um, to some race relations stuff with a, a podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, probably not by the time this comes out, but sometime within the next three months, we'll be launching a a podcast called college Hill, a podcast that is the, um, uh, it took me a year and my, my company a year to do in, um, in a, uh, collaboration with the college Hill neighborhood here in, in Cleveland, Tennessee, which is where the highest population of, of black people live and have lived and would, and, you know, if you were to like put, uh, you know, quotes around it, you know, the, the black part of town, if you will. Right. Um, and to, and we've spent a year interviewing people who, um, them and their families have lived there now for generations and where they came from and how they settled there and what life is like there and how it differs from, um, you know, how it differs from other parts of town and, and sort of, um, where they feel like, uh, the city or the county have, uh, made it very difficult and where they haven't right. They've been fantastic interviews. Uh, I don't want to be boring to you listeners, but the, the truth is like very, very many white men, I could have counted the number of actual black friends, like for real close black, black people who you hang out with. I don't mean black people, you know, I don't mean black people that you kind of see once a year or something at your LARP convention. I mean, people who come over to your house to not do that. People who like watch your kids and, you know, you know them and you're at their wedding and they're at your wedding. Like, you know, I probably had currently two, I don't mean two in my whole life, but I mean two people who I would consider I was, I was very close to. Um, And over the last year, it's just been a fantastic journey to be so embraced by the black community here and to get to be myself with, you know, like Carrie was talking about all my mistakes, all of my accidents, all of my, uh, you know, I would be like, Oh, I just, I just stepped in a puddle of racism. Look at me. You know, they were so, <laughs> right. you know, they're so, um, so loving and kind 
loving and kind and open to me. And I think when we're looking at role play, it is meant to be such an inclusive culture, right? And it, you know, when we think about role play games, it's like, that's where the kids, at least when I was younger and I was first starting to, you know, that's where the misfits found other misfits and then found a home, you know? Um, and it'd be a real shame if we didn't like reasonably talk through all these things so that we could be at peace with, um, other gamers of every gender and race, um, in a very real way, you know, a very real community. Uh, this whole conversation, uh, inevitably, as all conversations about race in gaming do, uh, it eventually sort of led to a resurgence of the conversation about uh, things like blackface in LARP and whether or not that's okay. Uh, and that conversation came about mostly because the big, the big defense of of Dungeons and Dragons in this whole thing was orcs are a fictional race, and you know, yeah. Mongols are real. Uh, but, you know, orcs can't be a racist construct because orcs aren't a real race. It's fiction. Right. Uh, sure, yeah. And so, and I think it's it's important to talk, I think, about, about those ideas for a minute. Um, yeah, sure. I, I know, like, for example, I, now... Uh, I, I know, for example, one of the things we've, we talked about blackface at LARPs quite a bit, uh, on this show, um, <laughs> over, just, over just, the years. Cause, and, it, and I believe the, the, uh, what we've all decided many, many times is just don't. Right. And you know, the, I think the thing yeah, was, I was about to say, is that like a thing people try to do? It at is. LARPs? It is. Cause of you know, I, drow. I, because of drow. I crashed out of LARPs in spectacular fashion, as you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, 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 I I did not, I did not find my home in LARP. Right. Well, the short argument is just, you know, people wear blackface to a LARP because they are playing drow, which are elves that have dark skin. And so they say, well, wearing blackface to a LARP is not racist because you're playing, you're cosplaying a drow and drows aren't, drows aren't real. You're cosplaying a fictional race. Right. You're not cosplaying a black person. And so you're, it's, you, you're definitely, you're not cosplaying a black person and you're not offending a real drow because real drows don't exist. Exactly. Right? Now the, the flip side to that, I, and this is kind of what we usually come to on the show is just that is wearing blackface to play a drow at a LARP racist is the wrong conversation. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, like everybody likes right, to argue right, whether right. it is or not, but that's not the conversation we should have. The real conversation we should have is, is wearing blackface to a LARP, making my friend feel threatened, uncomfortable, or, or, you know, want to leave. And if it is, if it is, then maybe I shouldn't do it. Because you're playing your character, quote unquote, accurately is not more important than they're having fun and being safe. Right. Yeah. I don't want to sound boring as the guest on the show, but I'm just in complete agreement. So I don't have a, very few people argue it. Yeah. You won't find a dissenting opinion at all. Um, I love like what Carrie just said. I do think that the sign of a very naive player, I, I don't want to say new because people can go for years like, like this and then they can, but, but the sign of a, uh, a selfish undeveloped human being, I don't mean their characters. <laughs> right. I mean them as a person, right. 
is is when someone feels the need to act out through the statement i'm just playing my character and ruin a game for anyone or everyone and it right? doesn't even have to be wearing and blackface as a drow i'll tell it you be what, any behavior that as soon as someone says that quote i'm done <laughs> like especially like i'm right. like my mushes when people start an argument with me well look i'm just playing my character i'm like i'm out of the scene and they're like what i'm like i'm not doing this right yeah, and I think that's I again I, I just think it's it's wisdom on your part to not even engage that nonsense. Um, because the truth is it's called a role play game. A mm-hmm. game is meant to be fun and we're here to play together as a party of people. And that doesn't mean there can't be conflict within the game that is fun, but it does mean that like we don't intentionally create um create uncomfortable either in game or out of game experiences for the people who are, who are supposed to be enjoying a game with. And, um, and I think it, it takes intentionality to be, um, to be really good at that. And uh, a great example of, I think of that would be this last we were playing kids on bikes and the very first thing that um, Ashley said to our group um, was, you know, is there anything that we that you feel uncomfortable playing, right? The, is there, and it was like every single person said like the exact same thing, like we're not we're not down with violence or sex towards, you know, like like well, like this isn't we're not these are the things we're not about. Like we're we're not about racism, and we're not about sexism. And we're not about sexual assault and, you know, we're not about uh, torture of children. And I was like, these are like these non-negotiable type things for any rational person in the world. And they ought to be a non-negotiable in role play as well. I agree. I agree. And if, uh, you know, if, if the argument is, well, drow our fiction, then let's change the fiction a little because the, someone being offended is not fiction. Most LARPs, that have drow in it have started to i just hit the mic i'm sorry have started to introduce drow as being dark blue or purple purple, yeah or a different color like that and if you can't make a small adjustment to your character to make other people feel safe then you don't deserve to be role-playing yeah i i agree with that i i feel you know i i know there's a lot of people who would probably say that that statement is too strong, but yeah. I'm not one of them. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think people, I don't care. Um, when you enter into a role play game, you're making an agreement with a group of people. Right. And, and um, I don't, I don't think you get to violate. I don't think you get to violate that just because you want to put uh, blackface on. <laughs> right. So that's, that's such um, a weird, creepy thing to even have to talk about in 2020. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, hey, that's exactly it. Don't that's wear exactly blackface. That's what we were talking about. What? Right. <sighs> yeah, we're not we're, we're not putting the car in reverse here. <laughs> we're not trying to go back to the original people in in uh, in this in the deep south in New Orleans that were like originally wearing blackface and trying to figure out where they were coming from. <sighs> like we're saying right here in 2020, do not do this. Right. Rob, when you were talking about uh, Tolkien's hierarchy that he built yep. up, 
I would just like to point out that if Token was alive today, he, the Nazis would be at the bottom. And right, I will die Nazis, on that hill. The Nazis would be at the bottom. Is yes, that what you said? Absolutely on the bottom. They'd be right below yeah. orcs. They just, I'm just saying that again. I don't care. Come at me, people. Yeah. They are the bottom. <laughs> yeah, right. no, I, I, I think we're in complete. I think we're in complete agreement. Awesome. All right. Well, then let's uh, let's go to game wrap. All right, welcome to Game Wrap. Uh, we are done. <laughs> That's the done. end. Uh, I want to thank. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to thank Rob again for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate you mm-hmm. taking taking time out of your evening to to record with us and being our our stand-in for Stephen Colbert. Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much, Stephen. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy to assist you, Stephen, anytime. And, um, <laughs> you know, you call on me often and I always respond. Yeah. Uh, so let's, uh, let's give out experience points. Yay. Carrie, you get, you get one XP for attendance. Thanks. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, let's roll your mat for your magical item. And, uh, let's see, 48. So what is that on the chart? Oh, you get a, uh, you get Lego caltrips. All Legos are caltrips. Well, you have a couple more. Okay. All right. And, uh, Rob... saying that was a little redundant. <laughs> Just saying. Right. Rob, you also get one XP for attendance. Let's see what magical item comes up on your chart. Oh, look at that. You got a safety pin. <laughs> yeah, I wanted one. I've always wanted one of those. Yeah. You never know when those things are going to come in handy. Dakota, Dakota stole mine the other day. Did I tell you that? No. For her fort. She needed a safety pin. Yeah, for... she just ran up and said, "Do you have the safety pin?" I was like, "On oh, my shirt." Fine. She's Take building it. a blanket fort. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. All right. Well, if you want to uh, listen to the show in any other fashion, you can go to Spotify or iTunes or any place you know any place that you find all the wonderful podcasts that you listen to and ours. You can go to patreoncom slash on a roll podcast uh, to help us keep the show running. You can go to mm. facebook.com slash on a roll podcast and you can send us an email at hosts at on a roll podcast.com or visit on a roll podcast.com and you can find us just about anywhere by using on a roll podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if anyone listening to this is a, a storyteller, who is running a uh, Zoom chill game? You can oh, at me on my Twitters. There you go, at Rob Alderman. Be careful what you wish for, because that could that could exist. Yeah, it's it's what I hope exists. I'm ready to play. I'm right. put me in, Coach. All right, Rob. Do you have anything uh, going on that you want to pitch or promote or anything while you before you go? You might not. Oh, just know in line with in line with this uh, in line with this podcast. Uh, you know. You you'll be able to subscribe to College Hill, uh, a podcast which actually deals with race relations right now in in America as it is, and I'd love for you to check that out. Um, a lot of really wonderful people who've become friends of mine have given a lot of time, uh, a lot of time to that, and I'd like to pitch um, the Gun Belt. Right now, <laughs> you can play test the Gun Belt. And as of yesterday, you can do this really cool world creation. <laughs> Real quick on College Hill, uh, that podcast is not out yet, but they do have, their Facebook page is up. So if you want to go to their Facebook page, That's right. you can look yes. for it. It's College Hill. 
Um, all right. Well, until next time, uh, you know, I am Ryan the curmudgeon. Carrie the legend was here. Rob the replacement was here. Uh, anyway, and remember, till next time, the only way to win at a role-playing game is to have fun. So much fun. The only way to win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on the road again. Tabletop, lock, motion, everything in between. The only way I win is to have fun with my friends. I'm on the road again. Tabletop, lock, motion, everything in between.